0: Hey, 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 everyone. What's up? Pastor Mike here. I am in the lobby of the core, and I'm super jacked up. We are getting really, really, really close to finally, finally, finally unlocking those doors and getting just a couple people in here. <laughs> so our church is dipping our toe in the water and uh, hoping as the summer starts and moves on to get back to God's people gathered around God's word Uh, Not just in front of a screen, but together. So, man, it's been a crazy year. I know for you and for all of us. What you're going to see today is a message I had a chance to film a few months ago. So, if you see people in church, uh, we're not jumping into the deep end of the Corona pool. Uh, This happened before Corona, we even knew existed. Um, But I love this message so, so much. Not because I did a great job preaching it, but because Jesus' words are just, they're, they're so good. Uh, A few years ago, I really stumbled across this idea that God's presence in my life is the only thing that can satisfy my soul. And the chapter I'm going to teach on, John 4, is one of the best examples that nothing really works for the human soul except the eternal presence and love of God. So, since all of us are searching for satisfaction and contentment and peace and joy and happiness that uh, doesn't depend on the circumstances, Today's a huge message. Hope you can listen, take lots of notes, plant it deep in your soul. Hope you have a great day and may God bless you as you watch. What do you think would happen if you could have a conversation with the 10 year old version of yourself? Yeah, how, how would you explain it? to have so much entertainment, so many resources, so many experience, to have traveled so much, made so much, had so much, and, and you still have the same struggles as you did when you are ten with fear and anxiety and worry and loneliness. I wonder if the ten-year- old you would, would look back and ask this question, so it doesn't work? I want you to remember that question because when you leave church today, you're going to face the exact same temptation as you did when you were ten. The temptation to think that if you could just get that in your life, you'd be good. I'm not sure what the that is or how you'd fill in the blank but we, we all have a that. Something that we think if we could just get it and hold on to it, possess it or become it, like we'd be satisfied and it would be enough and we would have the life that we always dreamed of. But if it didn't work the last time when we were 10, what makes us think it would work now? (laughs) The Bible talks a ton about having a real, satisfying, what Jesus called, abundant life. But the Bible is also really clear that getting that life is not maybe down the path that you think. And that's why I'm so glad we get to listen to Jesus today. In John chapter 4, we're going to eavesdrop in on what I think is one of the most interesting conversations Jesus ever had with a woman who thought she knew what to fill in the blank with that would finally make her happy but when Jesus met her, it it simply didn't work. So he offered her something better, something that would work and something that can work for you too. So before you spend the next day, the next week, the next year or the rest of your life pursuing that thing that you think might satisfy, listen to the incredible words of Jesus from John chapter 4. The story starts in verse 3 like this. So Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Now, if you're kind of new to the Bible and you don't really know the geography of Israel, uh, I like to picture it like a, an ice cream cone with three scoops on top. Okay, the bottom scoop was a region called Judea. Uh, that's where Jerusalem was, the city where Jesus would worship at the temple. The top scoop was a region called Galilee, or on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus uh, lived and grew up. And the middle scoop that gets squished in between was a really interesting place called Samaria. I don't have time to tell you the whole story of the Old Testament but, but here's the bottom line. Samaria was a messy, sinful, backwards place. For hundreds and hundreds of years, they refused to worship the true God and they, they mixed many gods together, they sacrificed sometimes their own children, they gave in to shrine prostitution and sexual deviancy and it was so bad that by the time Jesus was born, Jews thought the Samaritans were so ugly they had nothing to do with them. It's an interesting little line there in verse 4, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Most Jews would say, no, I don't. <laughs> and they take the long route from Jerusalem back up to Galilee just because they didn't want to see or touch or talk to or be close to Samaritans. Most Jews felt that way but there was one Jew who didn't, a Jewish man named Jesus. If John 3 verse 16 was going to be true that God so loved the whole world Then in John chapter 4, Jesus would have to go into the whole world, Samaria included. And so he journeys through the region, he sits down by this well, and he waits because there's a woman he wants to talk to. We meet her in the next verse. Verse 7 When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans." Jesus answered her, "'If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water.' "'Sir,' the woman said, "'you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob?' To draw water. Jesus should do late night infomercials because he's a good salesman, isn't he? <laughs> uh, he knows she has an issue, a, a problem that she can't fix and he offers a solution. In fact, in those words, I, I see really two problems this woman had. Uh, if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write these down. Her problem, first of all, was that getting water was work. Uh, she kind of expressed it in the end, give me this water so that I don't have to keep coming back here to draw water from this deep well. Back in, I think, the year 1697, an English pastor named Henry Mondrell traveled through the Holy Land and he actually came to this very well and he measured it. And in his journal, which you can read, uh, he said that the well in Samaria was 105 feet deep. Probably deeper in Jesus' day before erosion and soil filled it in but at least 105 feet deep. And do you know how ancient Jewish well pump systems worked? Like this <laughs> no electricity, no machine. You brought a bucket, you lowered it down 105 feet, and you pulled it back up. Uh, I Googled it. Do you know a gallon of water weighs 8.34 pounds? Combined okay, with an old bucket, we're talking 10 to 12 pounds. Can you imagine this thick, knotty rope? Picture yourself standing on top of an eight story building, a rope in a hand and a 12-pound twelve, foot, 12 pound weight tied to the bottom and you're dragging it up, uh, it was work. And the worst part was, number two, that all that work didn't work. I mean, in the beginning it did. She would drink the water and it would be refreshing and satisfying and cool. She'd bring it home, perhaps share it with her children but what would have to happen after a day? They'd be thirsty again. Someone would have an extra drink, I picture her son's wrestling and knocking over the bucket. (laughs) She sighs. Back to the well, 105 feet, drag it back up again, she worked and she worked and she worked but in the end, it didn't work. It didn't satisfy. And so she was an available customer and, and Jesus made an offer. He said, how about I give you water that you don't have to work for? Not down in a well that you have to go down to get but it's like a spring that comes and and gets up to you. And what if you could have a drink of this living water so that you would never be thirsty again?" And her eyes light up and she says, Sir, give me this water. I I don't know how you're going to get it but I'll take it. I'm, I'm tired of the work that doesn't work. And Jesus, when he has her leaning forward, he continues with some shocking and potentially offensive words in verse 16. Jesus told her, go, call your husband, and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. It seems like a total tangent, doesn't it, (laughs) from Nice, smiling Jesus who's offering this satisfying gift to very personal, offensive Jesus who printed out screenshots of her relationship past and lays them out to embarrass her. But there's more to this conversation than you might think because Jesus is not on a tangent. He's still talking about the things she was working for that didn't work. You ever heard of a a guy called a tall drink of water before? (laughs) She had five glasses, and she was pouring number six. And Jesus, in love, did not want her to make the same mistake. He knew that another relationship wouldn't fix it. And we don't have her whole story, you know, we don't know if her husband's died or if they divorced her unfairly or if it was all her fault but it seems that there was something wrong, something messy that Jesus would bring it up. And full of grace and and truth, he gave her the truth and said another guy's not going to satisfy. You could get another drink, another glass of water, but it might not work. So what about you? Uh, If I could be as, as personal and maybe as offensive as Jesus, what's your water? Like, what do you think, if you could just get a drink of it, it would be enough to satisfy your soul and give you a good life? What are you working for, striving for, thinking if, if I just got it and could hold on to it, it would be enough for me and, and God, I'd be content with the life you've given. I don't know what it is for you but I know it's something. And as you think about what that might be in your personal life, l- let me give you six of the top waters that I see in people's lives that simply don't work. The first one, like the Samaritan woman, is love. You think, if I could just find the one, if I could just make my romantic life work, if I could just get the, the guy at school to notice me, if I could just convince that girl from class to give me her number, if he would start liking my Instagram posts, if she would direct message me, if we could connect, if, if we could go out on a date, if, if he would finally commit and we wouldn't just be roommates but spouses, if we could have the perfect wedding and the kids and the family, if I could find love that lasts like true love, the one for me, uh, I'd be good. And the honest truth is that works for a while but not forever. Maybe for you romance isn't the draw, maybe number two it's lust, it's pleasure, it's a desire for more. You think if you could hook up, if you could have sex, interesting sex, adventurous sex that you could talk about with the guys at work. You think if you just turn to another website and you find just the right video and just the right clip, it's going to be enough to satisfy. And it will for a bit. If I talk to any porn addict and they'll tell you it doesn't work for very long. Or maybe number three, your struggle is looks. You think if you could just be strong or, or beautiful, if you could look in the mirror and feel confident, like life would be so good. If you could lose those 15 pounds that you gained with the baby, if you could walk into the gym and guys would respect you, if you could get the, the hair and the clear skin, if you're rocking the outfit, if the wedding pictures are beautiful, if you could find the right filter that everyone liked it, like if, if you had to look, you'd be so confident and so strong and you'd feel so good. And you would. The first time you stepped on the scale but it wouldn't last for long. Number four, what I think is one of the most common ones, is like. Uh, This water comes in a dozen different flavors. Like if people at school liked you, if they like your sense of humor or your sense of fashion, if the professors liked your intelligence or your your wittiness, if people laughed at your jokes or, or maybe it's at work, if people like your work ethic or your potential in the company if they liked you and and gave you the promotion, if they were impressed with your projects and your problem-solving abilities. Maybe it's social media. You think, I get 10 likes now, if I got 100, I'd be so happy. If I have 100 and I got 1,000, it it would be enough. And I got to tell you, it feels really good in the moment when you're noticed and people compliment and praise when, when they like you. But ask the biggest Instagram stars if it's ever enough. Maybe number five for a lot of you, it's loot. It's money. If I could write you a thousand-dollar check, you'd be so happy, wouldn't you? If you won the lottery, if you could remodel the kitchen, if you could buy that muscle car and the boat you wanted and the cabin up north, if you could pay off the credit card debt, you didn't have the pressure of your school loans, that would be, you'd be so happy, right? Yeah, for a bit. Or finally, maybe for you, it's leisure. If you could just get away from work, if you could just catch a break from the kids. If you could just have a day to yourself or a, a week on a beach somewhere, if you could just retire early or, or grow the business enough that you didn't have to work such crazy hours, you'd be so content. And you would, right? On, on the plane ride to that beach, you would feel so happy and so excited but you know what would happen seven days later? That water just will not work. And so here's a huge question and, and spiritually, you, you need to look in the mirror and ask this of yourself. What's your water? Uh, just ask the guy who sold Minecraft. Ever heard of Minecraft before? Wildly successful video game? A guy about my age named Marcus Persson invented it and back in 2015, he sold it to Microsoft for $2.5 billion. Billion! <laughs> and he splurged. Uh, Marcus bought himself a $70 million mansion in the Hollywood Hills with an infinity pool, expensive champagne in the fridge. He threw epic parties, Selena Gomez would show up and DJ Skrillex would, would be on the ones and twos pumping the best music that you've heard but do you know what he said? Right after he started living the life that many of us want, he tweeted, I have never felt lonelier in my life. He worked to find massive success to get the loot and have the leisure, be liked, and have the look and guess what? It, it didn't work. And before you waste the rest of your life, listen to Jesus. I love what the prophet Jeremiah said when he recorded the words of God uh, back in the Old Testament. God says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me the spring of living water and have dug their own cisterns broken cisterns that cannot hold water. To me, this verse really encapsulates the the spiritual struggle that every human being has is that we, we turn our backs on God and we turn to something else except that something else is cracked like a water bottle that's broken or a cistern with a hole in the bottom and the water is never enough to satisfy because we are created with this desire in our heart for things that last for living water that we don't have to work for and that it always is available to refresh our souls. The woman at the well knew it and thankfully Jesus knew a solution. You know, there she was next to the well feeling very uncomfortable about Jesus' personal questions and so she tries to take him on a tangent to talk about Jews and Samaritans and where you should worship and what's the truth and eventually she plays the ultimate get out of uncomfortable conversation cards, she says to him, well, I guess we'll agree to disagree and one day God will figure it out. <laughs> Here's how she said it in, in John 4:25. the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. <laughs> like, I, I know you think that and thanks for your opinion, sir, but we'll have to wait and, and let God say who's right and who's wrong. And do you know what Jesus says in return? <laughs> Verse 26, I the one speaking to you, I am he. <laughs> I don't know what water you, you turn to, how big your struggle, how ugly your sin, you might be as backwards as a Samaritan or as moral as a Jew but I know this, Jesus is offering all of us living water. And here's the two reasons why it's going to work. If you're taking notes, I would love for you to write these down. Number one is that Jesus' water works. He said, whoever drinks this water will never be thirsty again. Uh, Do you know the reason why that's true? Because what Jesus is offering you is not a bottle but a river. That's what the phrase living water means. It's not just like sitting there stale and dead. It's, It's moving and it's alive. It's constantly refreshing itself. So I want you to imagine if you're dying of thirst and you come to this like fresh river, that's moving along, like like you could scoop up that water in your hands and drink it and then guess what would be right below you? More water and you could drink it. (laughs) And right now and in five seconds and in two days or in ten years, you could scoop up the same water and drink it And, and that is why Jesus' water works. Some of you are like my family that before you sit down to eat a meal, you remind yourself of that fact. You pray, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. That's why it works. So if you're looking for love and you think, if I just found that person, their companionship would be enough for me. (laughs) Jesus said, no, that won't work. Their love will be there and then it won't. He'll treat you nice and then he won't. She'll be complimentary and, and then she'll give you attitude like, It'll work sometimes, but what I'm offering you is love, and then love, and then love, and then love. And you can enjoy the relationship, and and I'm all for it, and it's a great gift for me, but please find the satisfaction for your soul in the constant eternal love that never fails, the spring that comes up from the ground and wells up to eternal life. Do you want to be liked? If your boss likes you, your teachers like you, your classmates like you, your neighbors like you, that's great. Enjoy that as a glimpse of God but let your soul be satisfied in the eternal like that comes from God. That because Jesus has taken away every sin and given you his perfect life, whenever God looks at your profile picture, he always clicks the same button and his face shines on you and he's gracious to you. Here's a little trick I do whenever I'm having a bad day or I get a critical email and I'm driving home in my town and country, I always look, not too long because I'm driving, (laughs) I look at the passenger seat and I try to picture Jesus and he always likes me. He's never disgusted, not disappointed, not not angry because what he does is eternal acceptance that we find at the cross. (laughs) Do you want to be rich? You can be in Jesus. The Bible says the eternal inheritance of heaven itself is yours through faith in him. That you will find something that endures forever and ever and ever that's better than the best vacation, the the fanciest car, or the nicest clothes. Whatever you are aching for, searching for, leisure or rest, you can come to Jesus and find rest for your soul. This world gives you little bits of water but it quickly runs out and it's always expensive and so much work to get more. But Jesus is offering you something that lasts. Or, as the Bible summarizes all that, eternal life. It's the second reason why Jesus' water works because it's not work. <laughs> he, he just gives it. I don't know what your story, maybe you feel like a Samaritan in a Christian church but I do know that no matter how long, how bad, how ugly, how embarrassing, the, the beautiful thing about Christianity is that you don't have to work for it, earn it, or be good enough to get it. Instead, it works because it's not work. It's not rare water that you have to climb a mountain to bottle up. It's a spring that comes up from the ground of God's grace and it's always there, even for you. And I hope you remember that this week because you're going to have to face the same struggle that little Wayne does. (laughs) You all know little Wayne? He's a really talented rapper who has slept with a lot of women, made a lot of money and gone to a lot of parties. And he's also a very honest rapper. A couple years ago, he rapped with Eminem on this uh, smash hit called No Love and he talked about that the life he thought he would have with all that money and all those girls, it didn't turn out that way and he was searching for something that would satisfy. Here's what Lil Wayne said in the song. He said, I'm married to the game, the rap game, his career but she broke her vows. That's why my bars are full of broken bottles and my nightstands are full of open Bibles." Folks, that might be the first time you hear a pastor quote, Little Wayne, in church. (laughs) But listen to him. He's wise. Whatever you're turning to, it's going to break the vow, the promise to satisfy. So here's what you can do. You can turn to another bottle or you can open up this Bible and in it you can find living water that can truly satisfy the thirstiest soul. I hope this week when life leaves you thirsty, you know exactly where to turn. Like that woman that you can run back and be really honest about your life and say, but here's someone who offers me what no one else ever has, could, or did. God hopes that you do. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life." Are you thirsty for a good life, for peace and satisfaction? Then come to Jesus. He won't charge you anything. It's free and it's for you. Friends, that's why Jesus water, it always works. Let's pray. Ah, Jesus, thank you for your generous heart. It would be reasonable if you expected a million good works before offering us something this good but you're not reasonable. You're gracious. (laughs) That's why we adore you. I thank you that addicts and drunks and people with messy relational histories like us can be satisfied. Thank you, Jesus, that you never preached karma but instead you showed compassion. Thank you, Jesus, that you never struck deals with people to earn salvation instead you just offered it as a free gift. And thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross to make it all possible. I pray as we leave here today that we could be satisfied, content people. We desperately crave what the apostle Paul found, what he called the secret of being content, believing that because of Jesus, you were always with him. We want the amazing faith of David who said that if you were his shepherd guiding him through life, he would not be in want and he would lack nothing. I pray especially for the young people who are here today, God, that they would not make the same mistakes that many of us have. That they would not pursue power and pleasure, career and prestige thinking that it's going to work. It won't. Instead, help them to be those rare teenagers and twenty-somethings who are so satisfied in you that they radiate joy and confidence and find their strength in you as their portion. And God, use that bright light, use this abnormal satisfaction and faith to draw people to Jesus. That just like that Samaritan woman, our world could find living water in him. I thank you, Jesus, for being kind. I thank you for loving us no matter what. And I thank you that through simple trust in you, all of us can have eternal life. We pray these things with grateful hearts and we pray them in your name. Amen. We have just endured some of the hardest times that our country and, frankly, our world has had to deal with in quite some time. But there's some really good news. And his name is Jesus. (laughs) And I have more good news today. An incredibly generous donor has offered a $100,000 challenge grant. An opportunity for your gift to go twice as far. That means that every time you support Time of Grace, the name of Jesus will be spread to twice as many ears, twice as many hearts, twice as many souls. And in the process, Jesus can give them all of his grace, all of his forgiveness, and all of his peace that can conquer every fear that combats us in this world. We're so grateful for your support, for your generosity, and for the opportunity to get more Jesus to more people. To thank you for your generosity, I want to send you a special gift. It's called Crowned. And it's a powerful resource to help any woman block out the lies of this world and stay grounded in the truth that she is a daughter of our amazing God. Request your copy by calling 800-661-3311, visit timeofgrace.org, write us at PO Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53201, or text TIME to 313131 to give today. Time of Grace doesn't end here. We offer so much more. Visit us at timeofgrace.org. You'll discover resources to help you in your walk of faith. These include blogs, Grace Moment devotionals, and our prayer wall. You can also stay encouraged with our daily video devotionals. Connect with us on social media. Join our Facebook group, where you'll meet a strong community of believers. Follow us on Instagram and get an inside look at our ministry. And if you need someone to pray for you, call us or visit our prayer wall. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you here again next week. Hey, everyone. It's Pastor Mike. You probably thought you were done listening to me, but here I am again, because <laughs> I need your help. We'd love more people to hear this great message of God's love. So, if you could rate and review this podcast, it could reach more inboxes, more ears, more eyes, more hearts, so that people could have more hope in Jesus. Thanks so much for your extra effort, for your support, and I hope you have an amazing day.